When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today is the day to wake, work, and win. Welcome to The Standard. We've kind of touched on it here and there, but when I was asking you things you wanted to talk about, parenting came up, and... and it's really cool that our kids are the same age apart, first off, yep. like two years. And then they're only a year older than mine. So, like, we're right in the same kind of figuring all this shit out phase with, yeah. with children. And, um, you know, what it's like being a fire family. What are some things that you've done really well with that? And what are some things maybe that you've learned along the way and you've adjusted with that? You got to marry the right person, man. Like if you if you marry someone who is not on board with this life, it's not going to go well. They might be an incredible person, but my wife is a single mom, a third of our life. And so she is going to go through more than I will. She will have to deal with more than I will. And if you don't marry a strong woman, good luck. Like. That is uh, that is the true unsung hero of the fire service for sure. Have realistic expectations. Ha- make sure they have realistic ex- expectations of what this job is. And I know the shift work sounds cool, right? Like, oh, you only work eleven days a month. Okay, well, it's it's not always that. I think that having the conversation that that work is not a break from kids. I think that's a tough it's a tough thing to get across because you know that conversation and my wife is she's I think she's perfect you know like she just she is a absolute savage in the best possible way and there's never been a guilt trip there's never been you know there's never been any of that and I think so if you marry the right person that takes care of 90% of your problems I think the other thing that I've learned is like if you ask anyone at your firehouse, right, or I ask you, right, what's more important, work or the work or your family? Oh, it's family all day. Okay. Yeah. All right. I think that's what most people would say. Yeah. I constantly see people that don't take this job seriously. And if you don't think that becoming a, a true professional at this job, you don't care about your family. You don't. Cause you don't, you ain't going to come home to them. And so I think the other part of that, like, what's your why is like the reason I take this job so seriously is because I take my family so seriously. And the best chance I have of going home tomorrow is practicing yesterday, right? Like that's, that's it. Like that's the game. And then I think the other thing that's important to keep in mind is like, 
as firefighters, we tell ourselves a lot of lies. Like, hey, I'm, I'm working these overtimes for my family. It's like, are you really? Are you really doing this next overtime for your family? Because I guarantee you that if I ask my son, hey, do you want me to have an extra couple hundred bucks or do you want me to hang out with you today? What's he going to say? Yeah. I just yeah. want you to home. You know, like, so I think those are some lies that I've told myself in the past and I try not to I try to be cognizant of that of like hey why am I why am I taking this overtime or why am I going to go fly across the country to take this class and and you know kind of give yourself that honest assessment of like what is this actually for so yeah I think those would probably be the big three life lessons that I've learned with the, you know bringing family into this whole thing yeah I'm trying to my crusade with it is trying to bring them with so my wife doesn't work we, we made that decision after my second son was born that she wasn't going to go back to work a because really didn't she didn't feel any value with it she didn't feel fulfilled with her job but then you know b uh because we felt having somebody at home with the kids one of the either her or i uh was beneficial so you know we, we jumped into that and uh so much better than my first son uh, we, we balanced it. My mom would come up on my shift days. But but because of that, because she doesn't have a job, like we've talked and, and our kids are still a little young to be traveling like that. But and it hasn't really presented itself, uh, you know, an opportunity. But every time I go take a class or something, I always offer it up. You know, hey, you can come come with and stay in the hotel. The kids can swim or whatever like that. And they're still a little young where, where that actually is probably a lot to ask my wife to parent you're somewhere you're else. Almost- you're almost there, dude. Right. So like, <laughs> yeah. but like, I really, I want to try to commit to that. And I don't know how that looks yet. Cause there are certain things. Like if you go to like FDIC, like I, I, we would go, my brothers and I would go and bother my dad for like the last two or three days of that conference. And he would go, you know, like for the week or whatever. And we'd figure out how to split that. And I guess there's balance with those things, but like trying to do that. I, I, and I don't know. I, I don't know how that works because I don't think a lot of people, necessarily do that right where they go and take a class maybe and they should, bring the whole yeah. family maybe they should i don't know yeah the the point that you and i are trying to get across is like figure out if you're doing this just for yourself or you're doing this for your family and like sometimes it's okay to do it just for yourself sure yeah but make sure that your spouse has that ability to do stuff for herself as well so yeah open lines of communication being honest with yourself and being honest with your your partner i think is is super important but it's all the more reason to take this job seriously take your health seriously you know like i got some friends who are like oh man my family means absolutely everything to me but they're overweight and they're shit-faced all the time i'm like okay (laughs) what kind of product are you bringing home you know like i i think those are um tough conversations to have with yourself you know, like those those self-evaluations. But if you truly believe that your family comes first, then you should be trying to get better every single day to increase your likelihood of survival, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I think I, I don't remember if it was green remove or, or if it was earlier on, but, like, I, I found another gear when I had kids because, it, it like you're saying, it gave a real purpose for being damn good at my job. Yeah. To, to minimize Absolutely. that risk as much as I possibly can with the things I can control. And that's being as good as I fucking can be. 100%, man. And if having kids doesn't do it for you, you might want to find another gig. 
Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, yeah. and that's not to say that you're a bad person or you can't add value to a workforce, but like, not here, not with us. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, cause at the end of the day, you want to know that the, the people you're going in there with want you to go home to your kids too and your wife or your husband or whatever your dynamic is. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, man, you don't work for me. Yeah. You work for Finn, Finn Ellie and Kate. That's who you work for. Yeah. And they're tough. So you, you, better be, <laughs> you better be a good employee or they're going to come get you. Uh, does your department have a, and I know you don't have to, I guess, no, that's cool. say too much about it, but uh, do you guys have like um, things in place for, you know, families meeting each other? Do you have like, I don't know, the picnics, the the, the social gatherings? Do you, are you guys pretty good with that kind of stuff? I know you're a bigger department, but. Yeah, so we have about 500 folks yeah. in our department, kind of a midsize. I would say that it's more on a company level. So uh, one of the stations that I was at um, on probation, one Sunday a month, all the families would come in for a dinner. And that was just like the coolest thing in the world. You know, you get to meet everybody, you get to, you know, know their kids' names. And that creates the family. Now, we do some stuff like our union does some stuff. And that's that's fine, but I think the more important ones are is your crew, like making sure your crew gets together a lot with the families. I've been out at the academy for a while; I'll be out there for another year and a half, and um, you know, I'm looking forward to trying to cultivate that at uh, at my next station. But it seems like pretty crew dependent. Like back in Illinois, that the departments are relatively yeah uh, small forty or fifty people on a department, right? So yeah, it's much much easier to get those folks together so i think getting your getting your crew together and you know inviting everybody's kids over and like making the firehouse cool for kids to come over yeah that's exactly what you should do yeah you know like this should be a fun place you know like you like you said you remember roller skating on the bay floor yeah we can give that to our kids we can give them those experiences yeah like, i don't know i think that's just that's part of being a firefighter right like getting that next generation kind of jazzed yeah well and then i think once you start including family it really for for people that aren't on the bus right that don't get you know like we were just talking about about that you know you don't work for me you work for my family that kind of thing uh when they see your family i think that that really oh does that add another level to that right and like so i one of the one of the guys that just retired he was he was miffed uh, because he worked he worked an entire 30-year career-ish. And guy he worked with for most of it didn't know his children's and wife's name. That it worked with him that long. And I, I was trying to pick some wisdom out of him before he left. And he was basically like, you know, obviously that that's messed up. And he, he said, I don't refer to my wife or my kids. And he used their names, but I'm not going to say them. He goes, I don't refer to them as my wife and my kids. He goes, they have names, and I refer to them by their names. And so that totally resonated with me, and I do that now all the time at work. I never – it's Emily, it's Jack, and it's Duncan. I never refer to them as anything other than that at work. And I, it's it's actually funny because I've watched other people start to do that too, how that's grown. Okay. And, and Steve was awesome uh, in his retirement for passing stuff like that on. You should humanize them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, they are more important than the people that you are currently with at the firehouse. Yeah. 
I, you know, I think, and what I, I hope this is going away, is I don't hang out with anyone who talks shit about their wives. I just don't. I don't do it. Because, like, okay, let's say that you're having a, an argument with your wife. If you were and I were to talk about that, we would say it in a way that was respectful to them. Yeah. But you know the guys I'm talking about. Yep. They'll call wives' names. They'll do all this other sorts of jazz. Like, you are not in my circle, dude, because I would never, you know, say any of those things. And certainly not to someone, you know, at the firehouse. Right? Do you ever like, get was, those those old jokes that sound harmless, but like the, the, oh, don't worry, we'll take care of her if you're on? But like it's in a like a in a shittier, darker way. Like I, I fucking hate those jokes. I it's despise not, those jokes. It's not funny. Not funny. Or hey, yeah, I stopped by your house on the way home and you're out of milk. Like I. So I know it sounds point. harmless, but like, here's why it's not harmless. Yeah. When I was working at another department, one of the dudes on the opposite shift at the same station was hooking up with this guy's wife that happens yeah so the jokes aren't funny and if you allow i'm assuming what happened was someone allowed them to say that about their wife yeah like hey man bad shirts coming off and we can go behind the house because that you ain't talking about my wife that way yeah. like not funny. i hope that's going away i really do like just because your life sucks don't try and bring me down man yeah <laughs> And, and to be honest, it's not even always people that, that have that crappy – I think it just like – things like that, when they're tolerated, they become normal. And then it doesn't uh, – it almost desensitizes people to that. And like – I don't know. That's one of my biggest pet peeves. I hate those fucking jokes so much. I and Even if it's coming from a place where they're not trying to be harmful, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but, it's still a harmful thing. Yeah. You just can't tolerate that stuff. No. You know, like whatever you tolerate, you promote. So – you know, yep. I, I, won't, I won't have it. The other thing that I won't have is hazing. I refuse. Like, I think all the jokes, all the all that stuff, dude, is a complete waste of time and resources. And like, I just that is a hard line for me. And so I'm fine if everyone wants to joke with each other. Right. I think having those like dark humor and that kind of stuff is important. Like if you're out training and you beat someone at a time and you know, you want to talk trash. I love it. But if I see you haze someone, it's, it's over. Yeah. Absolutely. Zero, zero tolerance for it. I got hazed pretty bad. And you know, like what would be a, what would be like a normal thing you do to like a new person? Uh, not you, but like that you've seen at your, at, at your department or that you've heard we're like, ah, that's kind of like the, uh, so you know, like your stereotypical ones, right? The the uh, you eat eat on the bay floor by yourself, or like uh, where they'll unpack the bedding of a new guy and put it on the bay floor. Not that these have just happened to me or exactly. in my presence, exactly but those things. Yeah, exactly what I'm talking about. Well, when I was a new guy at one of these departments, we had someone uh, get hit with a belt because he didn't know the address to the station. We had, uh, when I was done cleaning a firehouse, end of the night, right, they go out to the dumpster, they get the empty, or the bags of trash that I just emptied, and they cut them open, put them all over the floor. Um, I made dinner one night, they took it, threw it all in the trash, like, that is not what you do. Yeah. 
And if I see anyone come close to that, it's it's hammer time. Like I I refuse to let that happen. If you're so good at your job that you have time for all these pranks, I'm impressed because I've never seen it. Usually the people that do that suck. It's just it's a direct correlation that if you have time to mess around with people, you got time to train. And you probably should because the people who I've seen do that type of stuff, they suck at their job. And so I just I, I won't have it, man. I won't have it. So that might be the only hard line I have. Hey, but that's a good one. That's one of them. I'm with you. Uh, I, some of that stuff's it's just bullshit. And, and for what? Like, what do you what do you hope to get out of it? Because it, it happened to them. It happened right? to them. That's it. And like hurt people hurt people. Yeah. Here's the bully, dude. I don't have time for it. Yeah, well, I mean, it's yeah, it, it, the insecurity and stuff just manifests into that that crap, and it's just garbage, man. Yeah, like, it's absolutely. I, I'm I'll make jokes like anyone else, like we all do, right? We all, but but there is a line, and then anyone that says that there isn't a line or that you're supposed to be tough because you're a fireman, like there's a line, man. Like even little yeah. dumb things where just to shut the fuck up for nothing, you know what I mean? Like if people are just having casual conversation about anything hey, shut the fuck up when it literally means like why are you even doing that like why are you being an asshole to him for no reason like the dumb one we do is like if you forget your job shirt at the station they'll like put it in a bowl of water and oh freeze yeah it. we got that too and and you know what I'll, I'll admit that i am guilty of leaving my shit around unfortunately so i found well, like, my shit frozen but but like why i don't know What's the point? Like, let's say that they show up and they're hoping that that job shirt or whatever's there because they need it. And now it's frozen. Yep. Are you really? Okay, I left my boots in the bay and now they're hanging up in the rafters. Like, what is that teaching anybody? Nothing. I don't know. I I think it's dumb. I think it's a waste of time. I agree. I think that we get paid a ton of money to do this job. And if anyone else was making the money that we're making, did stuff like that in an office, they get fired. And so I'm not saying that, like, we need to be like corporate. No. But have a little bit of respect. That's what it is, right? Yeah. Respect for your job. You know, like, we should be professionals. We are professional firefighters. Yeah. That's some bolly shit. Do that in a volunteer department all day long. Go ahead. Don't care. Okay, we did that stuff sure. in a volunteer department, yeah. and it was funny. But we're professionals. Like, yeah. act like it. Yeah, you're an adult. <laughs> yeah, you're an adult, right? Like, yeah. I just, I yeah. don't know. I think it's dumb. I'm with you, with that. and that's gonna make me sound like I'm bitching because my stuff gets frozen. But like, <laughs> it, it's I'm I try, man. I I, I float, and sometimes I'm still looking for my winter hat, and it's been. <laughs> fucking a month see that's what i'm saying and the first place i check is a freezer and like but how nice would it be if we started to create a culture or if you forgot something someone just puts it folded. in your locker yeah or like it's folded in the bay yeah and like hey you know i just i don't know I, I, i've yeah. been dude i've been presented the situation too where like you know the culprits and then they'll leave something out and you're like oh hmm he Don't left. perpetuate. Stop he, it. I know, right? And then you're like, no, 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 no. I'm not doing this. Breaking the cycle. Hey, I left your thing in your locker, and then you move on with your life. But that's right. <laughs> just, yeah, I don't know. That brief energy. moment, you're like, man, that freezer was looking really good. I. Yeah. <laughs>
That's funny. It's good to hear somebody else say that that's a bunch of crap because otherwise, it, I don't know, usually when you say stuff like that, people are like, oh, you just can't handle the pranks. It's like, no, dude, be a fucking grown man. Like, it's... Uh, yeah, let's go out on the, the drill ground. Yeah, like... Let's go out on the drill ground, and if you totally smoke me, you can freeze my shit. How about, how about that? that? Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm in. I'm in, dude. If you can, If you can completely destroy me in something fire ground wise right i'm not saying that like i'm the best at everything but like if you can totally smoke me freeze my shit sure go ahead like they put like, it under to- this, i'm in now this this disguise of corrective behavior that's what I, I i always crack well well he shouldn't be leaving his shit out so we're gonna teach him a lesson it's like dude do you do that? Like, do you do that with your kids? Yeah, right. It's like, you say, you come on the ground, you're going to throw it in the freezer? Like, yeah, like. No. <laughs> that's not corrective behavior. That's you being a shithead. Right. It's that simple. It's I fucking. <laughs> oh, it's refreshing to hear that take. Anyway, the, so we've kind of, like, dipped in and out of this, which is what's made this great. Is like, I yeah, we have the, the script, if you will, that we're trying. I'm trying to follow to keep us talking about stuff. But. Uh, developing the mindset and exceptional firefighter needs. I feel like we've been covering that in mass. We smashed it. In everything we smashed we've talked it. about. Yeah. Um, so let's do this because I love just a shotgun question. Three habits for uh, a firefighter, an exceptional firefighter should have or try to develop. Uh, wake up early. I do, or I should say I did. You know, I still do. I'm, I'm out at the academy, but even when I come and do overtime shifts, like, my morning routine is set. I get up at 530. I'll do a cold plunge. I'll get like my my morning nutrition and then I'll get into work an hour early before I'm supposed to be there. And I stretch just kind of like my quiet time in the morning, like how whatever that might be for you. But I like to get in the morning and stretch and then I'll relieve my firefighter or the officer an hour before shift change. I think that's the, how you should do it. Like that is respectful. You know, if we, if our shift changes at eight, your boots will be off the truck by seven, like guaranteed. And then I immediately put my gear on like right away. If I'm on a ladder truck, I'll go out, I'll throw ladders, I'll do mask up drills. And then when I was a backseater on the truck, your job was vertical vent on fire. So I would go out with the saws. I would practice my footwork for my, against construction cut and then i would do my footwork for garage door cuts and this took like 30 minutes 40 minutes but i knew all my gear was working i got some training in and then i went into the kitchen like if you go into the kitchen first thing in the morning you ain't getting out of there for an hour right everyone's gonna be pouring coffee they're gonna be doing their bullshit but um i have prepared myself for a call right away and i'm good with that um, and so like that is a habit that I had, which I thought was awesome. The other habit is find out what you need to do to disengage from work before you get home. Your family doesn't care about your job. Like they don't care about how your night was. They don't care about what calls you ran. When I walk through the door, it's dad time. Figure out whatever that is for you. You know, like figure out whether, Hey, I need an hour after I get off shift to go decompress like let your spouse know that like this is what I need so when I come home I'm 100%. That 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 can't happen all the time, right? Like sometimes, you know, your spouse is going to work, you got to get the kids, like that might maybe it's these are the songs I listen to on my way home. 
Like that's going to get me out of this funk that I'm in. I think that's super important. Those are like the two ones that I think are probably the most important. I'm asking you to better myself as well, man. Like I, I think <laughs> like I guess regular habits that, that firefighters should have is questioning things, right? Uh, curiosity. Curiosity yeah. is probably a better way of phrasing that, right? You shouldn't just take something at face value and you should be in the habit of if you experience something researching it or if you don't understand something researching it. I think if you get into that as a base level, I think that that carries over into so many other avenues of what we do and um, it can really take you to another level for sure. I love it. I love it. Yep. Curiosity. I stole that from you. I'm going to use that. Do it. Absolutely. Is that uh, it? No, that's not it. it. We got to close oh. these out. We got the last five and they're quicker usually. And I, I'm not, well, that just made it sound like I'm basically the weekly scrap and I'm not, but I got five questions here at the end. Maybe I should do different than five. So it's not. No, so fuck that, dude. Do your own thing. Lean in. Yeah, I know. I well, I, I had him, on, I had Corleone and he's awesome. I'm one of the vigilantes in there and all that fun shit. He, he's been, he's been pretty supportive of, of this kind of shit, but that's awesome. These questions all kind of come from things that I just love asking firefighters. So the first one is uh, one mistake that you've made and learned from. Where do I even start, dude? <laughs> you got to pick if one. Not, <laughs> if you're not making a mistake every single day, uh, you ain't trying. You ain't trying hard enough. I mean, I, it just happened. I was running the heater and the other heater at the same time. I knew it was, I thought it was going to break the breaker and it did exactly that and it totally screwed up part of our show is that what cut the power yeah i had the heater going because <laughs> it's fucking cold in here oh my god so yeah i made a mistake uh 10 minutes ago i make mistakes all day long it's a constant thing so there you go that's why i asked the question man like like you were yeah. saying it, what you're doing in the, in the academy about creating a culture where it's okay to make mistakes that's honestly why i asked the question because everyone yeah. that comes on has got to at least have one thing and, and yeah, my, normalize it. Yeah, well, it just, yeah, it happens all the time, and it happened an hour ago. <laughs> yeah. Mine was not checking my phone that I might have flooded my house with the, <laughs> with the dishwasher going. Maybe when I got three buzzes, I should have looked down. And said, hey, this is probably. Oh, shit. Probably so much. Probably about. check this. Who influenced you the most early in your career? And I know you said uh, Jeremy. Is is that, would, would you still content, you know, put him on there? I mean, I'd say probably Ross influenced okay. me the most early in my career, but Jeremy definitely like opened the door and kind of like set the tone for, I mean, dude, if I listed off my mentors, we'd be here for another hour. Like I've been so blessed to, uh, to have people steer me in the right direction, man. It, it's, it's never ending, dude. Like I just, I've gotten so lucky to be surrounded by people who are making me better. You know, I'd sound like that that person at the Oscars who's like just trying to list off all the people right before they run him out of time. I mean, it's just, it's never ending, man. Tom, like it's, yeah, I I'd be here forever if I listed all my mentors, but Ross, Ross set me, uh, I pretty much just been following him my whole career, man. Yeah. Well, I, I yeah. guess I, I forgot to kind of lay in the, the context a little bit. You know, the reason I asked that question is uh, like, there's times where, where early in your career you get, influenced by someone and you don't get an opportunity to either tell them what they meant to you or thank you in general. That's and, a great um, question. I'm not going to thank him because I don't think he deserves it, but yeah, it is, it is a nice opportunity. 
That's fair. <laughs> yeah. Uh, have you ever lost your passion for the fire service? And uh, what what would you do to get it back? And what keeps you passionate? Oh, I've totally lost it. Yeah, I mean, I lost it seven months ago when I was going through that moment, right? Like, I wanted to quit. I told my crew what was happening. And I was like, hey, guys, I, I'm physically here. Like, I went out and trained every morning still to show them that I could physically do the job. But I was like, I'm not mentally here, guys. So I need you to take care of me. And they did. I mean, every single one of them, dude. I, Again, I just – I find myself surrounded by, like, all these fantastic humans. I think that – if you are disengaged from the fire service right now, hang on. You can get it back. We talked about that baseline. It always goes back to that. Like, you know it was possible once. Figure out why you're not passionate anymore. And I guarantee you it has more to do about you as a person than it does about your organization. Because you can't control your organization. It's going to do what it's going to do. You can just control how you react to it. So... If you're disengaged, if you're pissed off, if you're thinking that, you know, this whole department's against you, it's probably you, right? Like if, if everywhere you go smells like shit, check the bottom of your boots, right? Like start with you. That's the only thing you can control. That's it. All right. (laughs) I love it. If you were going to give someone a sense of how fire service culture should work by meeting one person, who would it be? So you get someone that has absolutely no idea, you know, you're public, you're a kid for a tour or, or really just anyone like that and alive or dead, you're going to put them with one person to show them what the fire service is supposed to be about. Who's it going to be? And that's a tough question, dude. I don't know. I mean, there's, there's people who I think exude a uh a sense of passion for the job and there's some other people who are just so good like they're such good firefighters but they're like very cool calm and collected and they're not gonna like get you excited about it sure i think both are really important this sounds like such a kiss-ass statement but honestly i think our fire chief right now like i think he i think he has the ability to be like a fireman's chief like i think that we all want to have but he also has like ridiculously high standards you know like when we were talking about how do you take care of your people yeah right like you make make them better i'd probably say him dude i know everyone in my department's gonna be like you kiss ass (laughs) like but honestly i that's the person who probably comes to my mind that's great what yeah hey i hold no judgment here for the answers that's (laughs) It's your own opinion, but I mean, yeah. I'm lucky you that I know, dude, right? I, like, I tell you what, I, I wouldn't have said that, you know, for the last like 15 years of my career, but I feel pretty lucky to be able to say it now. Last one. It's a, it's a doozy. All right. You ready? <laughs> We've been doing doozies all night, man. Send it. Best part of the job. Oh, uh, easy around the table, man. I mean, even last night, so we had this big fire, basically like a whole city block went up. Uh, I'm sure you've seen fire engineering had a bunch of pictures on it. And so we're doing fire watch on it the other night. We're all sitting on the tailboard. It's late. And I looked around and I'm like, I'm going to miss this. This is the part I'm going to miss, right? Like just that time with your, with your crew or like when, when we're out at the academy, the night's over 
we're trashed. We're sitting in the office, like all looking around at each other, like what the hell just happened? That's what I'll miss the most. <laughs>